This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we're speaking with Jerome Kekivi Jr. and Amanda Martin from Namoku Apuni o Ko'olauhui, an organization in the Ke'anai Wailuanui Ahupua'a in East Maui. Namoku was founded in 1996 to fight for the return of their water. At the time, Alexander and Baldwin's subsidiary, East Maui Irrigation, had permits to divert water from 33,000 acres of state land in East Maui, water they would sell back to Maui County at a huge profit. In this interview from May, Jerome and Amanda tell us the story of Namoku's battle for their water, about the life that's returned to the area with the restoration of that water, and about their vision for the future of their community. We're here today talking with Amanda Martin and Jerome Kikivi Jr. of Namoku Alpuni Oko'olau Hui. Jerome Kikivi Jr. is the president and Amanda Martin is the administrative assistant. Uh, would you both like to introduce yourselves and tell us about how Namoku began and maybe who else is involved in your organization? Okay. Aloha, I'm Amanda Martin. I'm the administrative assistant of Namoku Alpuni Oko'olau Hui. And uh, my name is Jerome Kikivi Jr. and I'm the current president of Mamoku Opuni Okolahui. So um, our organization was um, founded in uh, 1996 by our uh, kupunas of uh, Kianai and Wailua Nui. We come from the east end of Maui. Our organization is Namoku Aupuni Okoolahui, and uh, it's made up of lineal descendants, current residents, and landowners of Kianai and Wailuanui Aupua. We are farmers, fishermen, hunters, and gatherers of, of this land of the Aupua of Kianai and Wailuanui. So back in 1996, our kupunas and our farmers, our people um, from Kianai and Wailuanui, we didn't have any water. Uh, I don't know if I should mention the name, but I was going to say the corporation, this big corporation, was dewatering us. They, they, they were catching all the water from up, up Malka. They're taking it into their ditch and they were shoveling it to the central plains of Maui. And by doing that, they, they pretty much dewatered us as the farmers. So Kenai and Wailua Nui is known for farming kalo. That's that's our livelihood. That's that's how all our families survive. And um, when they when they did when when they started to take the water, a lot of our families couldn't survive. A lot of our families had to move, find different occupations they you know we got dewatered so without water you cannot live right 
And it's so, like 100%. Yeah. And that, that's the main thing that went to get across that 100% of our water was taken and, you know, to the other side of the island. And, and what we're all about, we understand how important water is to our people, to our, you know, not just our farmers, but for us to live, you know, every household. And we knew that we had to share our waters. We would never deprive our, our families or our, you know, our Ohana in, um, um, like in the Kula area, any other area, but they had no problem taking 100% of all our water. So that's what Junior is trying to explain that, you know, our kupuna back then realized that in order to get our waters returned, we had to fight this fight. And that's why our nonprofit was formed. So in 1996, it was mainly formed to get our waters returned to our people. And then from there, you know, we have evolved and now we are doing a whole lot more. So at that time, you know, the corporation and all of the other entities, state entities and all these other entities, they, they were like bullies. They, they bullied our people, our kupunas. They, they made them think that they don't have rights. You know, they, 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 made, they made us feel like... Uh, like we don't have the the right to the water. When when our kupunas actually when formed this organization, they knew that they were gonna take on the giants, you know, the people that um that took everything. So by by them by our kupunas forming this organization, it started the East Maui water case from 1996 all the way till present to this day. That's for any court judicial uh, fight, that's a long time, you know? So throughout those years, we lost a lot of people. We, we lost a lot of species. We lost a lot of strains of taro. We lost a lot from, from that time. So I'm super uh, honored and privileged that our kupunas actually went, you know, step up and uh, form this organization to fight the giants. So I guess we're talking about what is this? We stay in 1996. So going up, right? So it took about, I think it was like 2018, uh, the judge, I think it was Nishimura, I think, when... um. When actually set precedents in the in the court system in the 2018, they went release 10, 10 tarot feeding rivers and streams forever. So now the corporations they cannot ever touch our our um tarot feeding streams. Yeah. Initially, Namoku went for 27 rivers and streams in the Ko'olau Moku. But uh, in that um, court case, 10 rivers and streams were released forever. So they cannot ever touch those rivers and streams again. And implementing like on a IIFS, on interim in-stream flow standard. 
now we get uh, standards in the river. So maybe from like the late 1800s to 1900s, you know, never have any, um, never have any standards for water flow. You know, the, the, there was there, there was no policing. There was no standards of water flow for the river until Aokupunas, Namoku, when implement their uh, Manao into the judicial system. And now we finally have flow standards throughout the whole Hawaii Paiaina, not only East Maui, but every river throughout Hawaii now get flow standards. So that's a uh, major accomplishment and uh, victory for our kupunas, our people, and our future generation. Yeah, it's really cool hearing how you were involved in this precedent-setting legal battle and how it has had a Paiaina-wide effect. Beyond the legal impact, I would love to hear you talk about the changes you've seen in your community and local ecosystem with the water flowing again. So let me kick you to when um, we didn't have water. You know, um, I was I went I was just a little kid, but I wouldn't live through that. You know, my my dad and the rest of the farmers. It was it was a very intense time at that at that time because you had farmers fighting fighting against each other like oh you're taking too much water or oh I need this water you know what I mean like so then until they would really realize like hey something really major is happening and we need to get to the source of this so that's kind of when they went form Namoku yeah so in in my life, I've been farming all my life. From when I was five years old, I was I was in Aloe's already, pulling weeds and pulling taro and stuff like that. But it was so hard to farm because you figure, okay, we were pulling 10 to 15 bags, 100 pound bags every week. That's how much taro we had for 52 weeks. But when, when it came time to pull that taro, and there wasn't any, no water in the stream. We had to drop that, that um, kuleano and we had to go up the mountain and figure out why the water wasn't coming down. So, you know, we dropped it and 10 bags. You're talking, you, you got to take at least the whole day for pull that, you know, you're talking about 1,000 to 1,500 pounds of kalo. We had to drop that kuleana, get on out of kuleana, follow the river, go up and see where the where the water going, you know, and uh, fix that problem. And hopefully, the by the time you get back down to the valley into the loi, hopefully the water is there already, you know. So all of that time, and that's that's where the people got discouraged, you know. They that's where the people had to leave to. Uh, to provide for their families, you know, it was all growing. Every everybody was growing. Everybody's family was getting bigger, you know. So they had to go out, go work construction. They had to uh, find different occupations, you know. 
when the water did come back, I mean, by then, there's we we'll, we only have a handful of farmers now, you know. We we'll, and most of the farmers is Okupunas, like me. I'm probably the youngest generation that farming right now, you know. One of the youngest. A lot of our Kupunas never see that water come, come back, you know. There, there is a handful of our Kupunas that, that um are still alive today, and they. They get to see the, the water flow. So let me go back again. When there wasn't any water, like I said, the the huli, the the taro stock, a lot of a lot of our um special uh strains we lost. A lot of species in the river, the oopu, the hihivai, the pai, a lot of that got depleted. Our shoreline, our fish, and the the whole ecosystem in the in the ocean got depleted. We we didn't. It was kind. Of, it was it was a a hard time in in that era, you know. But once the water was released, probably within the first year, six months to a year, you start seeing the limu in the river again. You start seeing the the opai, the hihivai, all of that starting to have babies, you know, a lot of babies too. Uh, in the the ocean, we start we started to see big schools of baby fishes. With that, um, and the bigger fish, you know, outside, outside in a, in the near shore, we we the whole ecosystem just started to flourish again. And, and now with the water flow still yet going, yeah, it's it's an amazing, uh, amazing accomplishment, vision to see, you know, uh, to gather now, you know, it's now we have enough water to actually farm. We have people well, we have Ohanas coming back into the valley to open up their aina and to go back to farm. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing now, you know. If I can chime in a little, you know, all what Junior is talking about from when we, you know, lost all of our waters and everything. And now that when it came back and all that, what we're seeing and, you know, what as part of Namoku, what we're, you know, I think that we're trying to do and instill. In, in and I think Junior is like the perfect leader and president because he lived it from childhood. Some of us, you know, experience more of it in our adulthood, but what he's doing is exactly how my grandparents, you know, his, you know, his tutus raised, you know, raised their families. I love to see what he's doing. You know, I watch him with his children and how, you know, how what was instilled in him and his life. And it continues. And out in East Maui area, this is what these families are about. You know, they live, they learn, they breathe everything, you know, what the culture and the land is about. And you watch how they raise their families. You know, it's a beautiful thing. 
And if we can continue that, you know, not just in East Maui, but, you know, throughout our lives, throughout, you know, Hawaii, um, you know, just taking care of your own, like, you know, your own district, your own kuleana, your own responsibilities. And if we can, you know, instill that and have like, you know, our complete circle, uh, I think we'll have a thriving, you know, community. If that kind of makes sense, what I, you know, what I'm trying to say. It's just a beautiful way, you know, like me and my brothers are vice president of our organization. And that's one thing. He had a little bit more time in the area than I did. But we love the beauty of how our cousins, you know, are were able to from small kids, you know, from young age, you know, got all these values instilled in them. And and Junior's the prime example. And that's what we, you know, want to continue in our, you know, our community, having everybody, you know, employed, doing what they love and continue to, you know, respect our land and our culture and take care of our area. And I think within our state, if every, you know, every community can do that. I know it's a big picture, but if we all can take care of our areas, we'll be fine. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And it's really beautiful to hear about all of the life coming back into the area after such a difficult struggle. I want to get to talking about the water quality data collection that you're working on, but first I just wanted to ask about those strains of kalo that you mentioned were lost during the time without the water. Um, you know, I've been told that whenever you plant huli, you're able to plant that huli because someone before you planted it, you know, over generations. So I'm just wondering if there's ever any chance of reviving those strains of kalo that were lost. I I, I believe I'm not mistaken. I think um, I'm not if the UH or I think there's a holy bank. If I'm not mistaken, but I know that uh, my cousin Bush, there was this one strain that was uh, particularly made on the east side of Maui. And uh, he had one who he left. So he took that home to his personal house and he started to, you know, regenerate it, not in the lo'i, but dry land. And now that 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 type of, uh, that strain is, he's trying to bring it back just from one huli. We, like I said, we used to put 10 to 15 bags. That's a thousand to 1500 pounds a week. And, with that much of taro, you have a you have a whole stack of huli, you know. And like you said, somebody had to plant that huli in order for us to have the privilege to plant that huli. When the water disappeared, we didn't have that chance to save the huli, you know, because we were so focused on trying to where's the water. We didn't even have the time to really think about all oh, the hulis. Because we were so used to, to having the the thousands of hoolies. Every every week we had, you know, we had stacks, mountains. But once that once the dewatering came on, we, we had to shift focus and hey, you know, really where 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 was the water? <laughs> That's that was the main thing, you know. After that was that was just a focus, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Mahalo for answering that question. 
Um, it's sad, but I'm glad to hear that your cousin is at least working on planting that one variety. No, no, get me wrong. Like now we, we have, so we have farmers in the, in the valley, Wailuanui and Kianai. We have, they have huli, you know, but there was a variety before. The, the main huli was the moi and the lehua. We have that, but there was certain types of like the ka'i, the ha'akea, those, those chains. I really, I know, I know more, you know, we had, we had that, but I know more of them. So now the water is back. Could you talk about the community water data collection project that you're working on and also explain what's the intention you have for getting the community involved in something like water data collection? Yeah, so uh, back in 2020, we got some funds. I think oh, it was the CARES, Maui CARES Act, some funds from the county to uh, do a water data collection project. So with that project, we it was all about putting the people, you know, back to work. Um, at that time, there was COVID. A lot of people got displaced or a lot of people lost jobs. So it was a, I think it was like a three month project at that time. So the we had we there was enough funds to hire. I think it was like 12, 12 community members. So within that 12, we had a range of, uh, the age range was from kupunas to maybe like the early 20s um, of community members. And um, we got to work with um, USGS. Uh, we got to work with Commission of Water. Uh, we got to work with Oh, and uh, EMI, you know, the EMI is the small irrigation. They, they are the, the people that have the ditch system, yeah? So, uh, yeah, we got, we got to work with those organizations and uh, we got to, the science part about it, yeah? Like for us, as the Kanaka, as the people, our science is visual, you know, hands-on um, science. You know, we we can we can tell you when and um, how and you know. But this uh, the water data collection got to uh, we got to go more in depth. You know, find the the clarity, the the water flow, you know, we got to measure all of those um, crucial elements to make sure, uh, so we could provide for ourselves our, um, and our people um, more clarity on what, on what um, we have in the streams, yeah, in, in the rivers. So, yeah, that was, uh, and we got to pretty much cover the whole Ko'olau. We got to go from uh, Makapipi all the way to Kailua and see and and that was a pretty neat thing too because a lot of our kupunas oh, that, that was with us um, we, we had one we had one kupuna that he got he got to travel that 
uh, the ditch system is way up in the mountain, yeah? It's way up in the mountain. So one of our kupunas, he, when he was a little boy, he got to travel that ditch system with his uncle when he was maybe like 16 years old. But uh, he didn't have the chance to do that until that day, until we did that water project. And that was, a, I think that was like a beautiful thing because he remembers, you know, he, he could remember the, the travel on the road and, you know, he, he could remember some spots um, that his uncle took him, you know. Yeah, I guess the, the data that we have now uh, it's still ongoing, you know, we, we, we got to get more funds for, I mean, we just got a little more funding for, to uh, continue the water monitoring, but hey, we got to uh, get all of the, the tools, the measuring devices and everything uh, so we can do our own water data collection. Yeah, so that's our like one of our goals, you know, with this watershed monitoring um, project, what we've learned. And I think it's the beauty of it, what Junior just shared about his life and as a little boy and what he's experienced up into adult life. And then this kupuna that he's, you know, referring to and how as a youngster, what he experienced and now where we're at. You know, I think that's such a beautiful thing that in our community that we can still, you know, do these, you know, these kinds of things. But what um, we also learned to this project, and it was a lot from Junior and another kupuna that spoke up, is that, you know, they were taught or we were taught in the old traditional way, you know, the see, the feel like he explained. And now in our lifetime, we have such a technical world, technology. So Junior being such a great leader, what he is um, expressing to our community is that we do not lose sight of what we've learned, our traditional ways, but you take the technology and bring them together and it makes us as our people more powerful. So here, we would always have to depend on our government, our state to provide this important data, you know, the water in the streams and so forth. Oh, well, now our people are, you know, learning, they're getting certified and that's our goal is for, to put our people to work and to provide this information to our government. You know, so now our people are gonna be certified and like he referred to the tools and all the equipment that we have, they've learned you know how to use it and they'll get better at it. They'll be certified. So now we're gonna be monitoring our own water, our own streams. And when they need the data, they don't need to call their experts to come in. They can just, you know, utilize, you know, our people. So that was, you know, part of our goal. So we were really happy that, you know, with um our administrators helped Mahelani went and our grant team that was able to secure the first, you know, funding through CARES Act. And then they've, you know, got more through, I think it was EPA, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, more funding. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. You know, that's part of our goal. 
is to get our people certified and they're going to provide the data. <laughs> That's so cool. And it's awesome to hear you describe the huge accomplishments you've already had with getting the water back and now claiming ownership over monitoring and um, maintaining the water as well. Could you share now your vision for the future? What are the next steps for your community? Oh. I let him start and then I chime in because me and him, we get big dreams, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a, I mean, my vision, you know, is just to keep that water flowing so the life, the life can thrive, you know, the, for the next generations. I'm not only talking one generation, we're talking hundred generations, you know, forever. So that our that that way our our lifestyle or our way of life doesn't disappear. With everything happening in Hawaii, you know, at least this small community of taro farmers, hunters, gatherers, fishermen, we still can live that lifestyle, yeah. And then thrive in living that life, you know, just like how our kupunas went tribe. Like I'm going to say it before, it wasn't that easy to get to East Maui. You know, it it, it took days to, to just get to East Maui. Now you can get there in 45 minutes, you know, but that's how deep our ancestors was. That's how um, sustainable they were. Now with the water back and the, the water flow and hopefully, not hopefully, but let's see this. Let's see ourselves um, thriving in that um, in that manner, yeah? you know. Yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see the, the strains of hoolies come back. I want to see the people, you know, the, the people come, come back and want to learn, you know, like our, our manao that we have. Each Aupua in Hawaii has their uh, has their uniqueness. So our uniqueness, we, we have our own manao, you know, of growing, of farming, of hunting, you know. Like the generation, my generation is probably going to be the last generation to pass down that manao. Every, everybody after our generation, they didn't get to experience our tutus and the, our tutus way of living. Only us, we the last, we the last generation that got to experience that, I call them the magic. Because at that time, the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian values and the Hawaiian way of living was magical. Now with the return of the water, let's see that magic grow again, you know, but it's, it's up to us to pass it down to the next generation. You know, I, I, I just love to hear him in talk. You know, my, my brother is Bush, the vice president that he mentioned about that strain that he still have. And, you know, Bush is so proud of that. And my brother and I, we feel so um, blessed, you know, to be in Kianai, to be part of Namoku. And as their first, you know, admin assistant, you know, I feel so honored to be able to help our organization, you know, move forward. 
And when I look at this beautiful special area that my mom was born and raised, and when I look at it, we were, you know, compared to a lot of our other friends, we're so fortunate to have our parents, our grandparents, and our great-grandparents. You know, me and Junior were lucky to have those tutus that we were raised with, we had, you know, some time with them, you know, and his father and my grandpa, they were very, very well-known farmers, you know, in our area. And they're all over, you know, Facebook that people, you know, post. But when I look at our community and, you know, our vision, definitely the water, you know, is at the top of our um our list and make sure that, you know, we take care of all of that, that our water continues to flow and everything in the streams and bringing everything back and, you know, raising our children in the lifestyle that, you know, we were raised. But beyond that, when I look at our community and being, um, getting the right of entry to Kanai Ukaya, the former Camp Kanai. And we still have our Kanai school that we're working with an organization to bring it, you know, back, not running as a school, but maybe a community center. You know, I would like to see that our community take care of themselves, but also bringing, you know, economic development, economic opportunities for our people so that they can continue to live and thrive in their community. When you look at Kianai, where we are situated, you know, between Central and Hana, you know, being that special place, but we're in a very, you know, important area between the two sides. And I think a lot of times, you know, we're bypassed. Sometimes the government forget that we are here. So Namoku is up and running. We are thriving. We are going to make ourselves a place on the map. I mean, we already are, but, you know, we're doing some fabulous things out there. And I think that our government officials and people need to know, you know, what we're, what we're doing and what we're all about. And I think it's a beautiful life that we have and we're living and what we're trying to do. And so at this point, you, you know, we are trying to get Kianai Uka up and running. You know, we definitely need help and, you know, funding in that area. Um, and just, you know, we have a whole bunch of, you know, other projects. We're a small community, but we're large in, you know, many ways. And we service all. You know, we are a membership organization, so we do have a board of directors, but we service from, you know, Keiki to Kapuna. Everybody is, you know, part of our organization. Awesome. Mahalo for sharing those beautiful visions and everything that Namoku is doing moving forward. Um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you'd like to share or maybe talk about ways that our listeners can get involved in following and supporting your work? Yeah, so, you know, we we have like, you know, our website, you know, our Namoku website is up and running. We are on social media. You know, people can find all of our emails and, you know, uh, all of our contact, you know, information on our sites, or they can, you know, also reach me directly. But we are at a critical point. You know, all the juniors explained, 
and what Namoku was all about, you know, from the beginning in 96 to where we are now. Our main focus was, you know, the water and returning, you know, getting all our uh, waters returned. So back then, it wasn't critical um, for us to seek a lot of other funding or, you know, working on other projects because we had a main goal. And once we, you know, accomplished that, we realized that there's so much more that, you know, we can do as an organization with the diverse board of directors we have and everybody's creativity and vision. So that's when we started you know, looking at other things like, you know, working with the other organization to get our Kanai school back up in, you know, running, maybe not as a school, but as a community center, a rec uh, area, places where our Keiki and Kapuna can come together. Then getting the right of entry, you know, to which we call now Kanai Uka. And we are working on a 55 year term um, lease. We're working on our strategic plan to get that lease. But with that, it takes a lot of funding and money, as you all know, to accomplish a lot of these goals. So we're at a critical point where, you know, we're looking towards our community, looking for other grant monies to help us repair, you know, a lot of the uh infrastructure, a lot of the items that need to be repaired at, you know, Kanai Uka. Because once we get that place up and running, where I look at it as a, you know, way to employ our people. You know, we're going to need property managers, landscapers, you know, housekeepers, um, cooks, and different, you know, um, positions to up and running. And we have long-term visions to bring back our poi factory or even having a, you know, ice house there because we are, like I said, in the middle. So Junior and I and some of the other board members, we have talked and we have great things that we would like to do for our community, but again, it takes funding. So if I know there's a way that anybody that wants to help or have suggestions or, you know, anything they can do to assist us to reach our goals, we are very open to, you know, hearing from everyone. Anything else you wanted to add, Junior, something I missed or... Uh yeah, with uh with all of this, you know, with, with the success and stuff, now we're partnering with um other networks, uh Maui Nui Makai Network. We're working on our uh, shoreline and ocean management plan. And with uh Uka, uh we're hoping to um bring in uh Hui Nokio Lapono, uh a medical uh they they support Hawaiian uh Hawaiian, uh, they they service the Hawaiian people, you know, uh, medically, dental, dental, whatever, you know, and uh, yeah, just building on that, um, on that, building that relationships, and uh, it's, it's a be well, what's happening right now is what our kupunas wanted back then. So to me, we just fulfilling their their dream, you know, that we 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 by them organizing and forming Namoku with, with the hopes back then that we could do what we're doing now, today, I, to me, we just, we, we fulfilling their dreams for the future generation as well, you know.
Shucks, yeah. If you guys like learn uh, more about us too, we I think uh, Oha get a couple of documentaries on us. Uh, Ola Ikavai, uh, Ho'i Ikavai, and then uh, not too sure what we get on YouTube. I think we get the we get the water monitoring project yeah. on YouTube. I'm not too sure what it's. I think it's under the Maui Cares Act. And then can, award, the award oh, yeah. that we won, the Maui Film Festival. Great. Yeah, so that 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 water documentary is going around the world. And I guess everybody is, is seeing it and uh, it's, it's getting a lot of attention and it's winning uh, some awards. Yeah, just check it out. And I thank you guys for this opportunity to let us uh, share our manao and you know, the great things that our kupunas when start, you know. Every every everything that everything that I do or that we do, we do it in the intentions of of honoring our our kupunas, past and present. You know, we we would never want to uh, disrespect any any of their days. The reasons why we here, you know. So we're not ever we everybody know in Hawaii, you know, disrespecting kupunas. He, you do your best for for um, for make them happier, and I what I see is that I think we we making progress. Uh. Absolutely, and mahalo for reminding us about those films. I'm sure some of our listeners would love to check that out. Uh, and mahalo to you both for speaking with us this morning. Thank you. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. See